know him or something. <laughs> like his personality. Shaka. The diggle wiggle giggle of the glory. Maybe a Dr. Seuss tonight. Do you giggle and you wiggle when you diggle in the glory when the glory makes you giggle and you wiggle in the diggle giggle glory? <laughs> Amen. Just release fun times in glory high school upon everyone's brain. Amen. Shaka. Tune in and rapture, have a drink. Drinking is the soul yielding to the lordship of the Holy Ghost. If you didn't know that, you gotta try it, because it's awesome. Holy Spirit, you're Lord in this place. We honor you tonight here, Lord Holy Spirit, by drinking the crap out of you. <laughs> we volunteer our host bodies to your possession. May we be a living sacrifice like young Incan girls in the Inca Empire whose hearts were cut out by the priests. That's going too far. I tell you what, it's good to be a sacrifice for the Holy Ghost. First in the natural, then in the spiritual. In the natural, they had their hearts cut out and eaten. <laughs> Hunters, when they kill an animal, the first part they eat is the heart. I learned that on Alone. The guy that kills the deer in season 12. Heart first. Because the heart spoils the fastest, you want to eat it while it's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> glory. Well, we're here tonight to have some fun in the glory. We're tuning in for... to get all the religion out and all the fun in and flowing. Just a healthy reminder, going from glory to glory is going from fun to funner. And funnier. When you're going in the glory, you get a funnier personality every degree. You can always tell those growing in the true glory because they're like cartoon characters. They become like caricatures. They get animated when they're levitated as they're glorified in the glory. In the diggle wiggle giggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, we just want to fry our souls tonight. Yeah. 
with the Holy Spirit. Let the seriousness of the world and the devil's legalism burn away. I was going to buy the NIV, but it's $5.99 and I just totally manifested I'm not going to do it when it's free on the Bible app. So let's go over here in the U version. Look, I'm right there. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5. You know we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ we could have asserted our authority, instead, we were like young children among you. This is what the Spirit says to the churches. The greatest maturity is being a young child. Isn't it interesting? It doesn't just say child. Jesus said the exact same phrase, hinder not the young children from coming to me. For the kingdom of heaven doesn't belong to children. That's not what he said. He said it belongs to young children. Before there's any responsibility. There's a level where it's like, well, you're five, now you gotta take out the garbage. You're six, you gotta clean the bathroom and make your bed. There's a level of age when there's zero expectation. And you can say, oh, I'm growing in the glory, growing in responsibility. Well, the responsibility is on the glory to be the governing father of your life. So the apostles, which represent the most mature believers in the world, and I think you'd agree with Paul and his companions here, and they say they were amongst the Thessalonica church like little children, young children. So getting all the adulthood out of you of religion is what sanctification is. Even taking serious your spiritual growth is a religious demon. You can't grow yourself to, no matter how serious you get. It's relaxing, chilling out, and letting God father your spirit and enjoy the ride. It takes a while to get out of your soul because your soul's so serious about you. It thinks about you, it thinks about your growth, it thinks about the things of God. They pretend to be spiritual. All the things of soul have the appearance of good. You have to completely be sanctified from soul to live only and exclusively in spirit to understand this verse in the Bible, I am amongst you like a young child. The young child is the reference to the spirit only. It's the soul that adds its additional religious piousness, its seriousness. Look at me, I've been water fasting. Look at this person, they're doing all this stuff. Listen, even these people that take all their responsibilities seriously, they got so much growing, not up, down to do. 
You know, I look at the leaders, even our leaders, and I look at everyone's spiritual growth with a critical eye. With a big plank and speck in my eye. Angry that you're not mature enough. Now, yeah, right. Excited that you're going to grow down and get set free from your own soulish consciousness and ability to think to only drink so you never stink. Amen. Hallelujah. So this week, Father, we just dedicate it to children's church. What level? Young children. In utero. Where you're just like a one-celled organism floating around in the liquid of the Father's belly. The heart of God, the Father God, that fiery chamber is in his belly. Your promised land is in the belly of God. You know? You go into the deep things of God, the mansions of God, the Spirit of God, the origin of the Spirit of God. It doesn't end at Jesus. That's not what the Bible says. It goes through Jesus. Jesus is a son, and you're becoming sons and daughters. You already are. But your awakening, which is a becoming, an illuminating, a renewing of the mind to a greater understanding of spiritual sonship without the soulish cluelessness that's just a total whack job from Satan's hell. Or the, the soul has its additions where it's like, it's always confused. You notice that? Unless the soul is totally crucified, killed, annihilated, by the Spirit's growth and the Spirit's awakening and the Spirit's gripping of the consciousness, the Spirit's gripping of the brain, the soul is always lost. It'll be around spiritual stuff, it'll be around Joel's bar, it'll be around Red Letter Ministries, it'll be chatting in the RLM group every day as the most lost person in the world. It's true, you've seen it thousands of times and we were once lost when we were not separated soul from spirit. The only way this people, this group of believers, you and I, and every other believer in Jesus Christ and the whole world, is going into a deeper glory, a safer place in heaven, that the Spirit and the Lord Jesus has prepared for us, is if we can separate our souls from our spirits. It's the circumcision of the wilderness. You cannot, and it does not happen at birth. It didn't happen in Egypt. They weren't circumcised in Egypt. In Egypt, it was the blood of Jesus covering their forehead. It was the belief in God in Egypt that got them across the Red Sea. This is for understanding progressive salvation. Salvation ain't a one-time deal. Ever-increasing glory. This is ever-increasing salvation. <laughs> Circumcision happens as adults in the wilderness like Moses' exodus. It was a long while after they came out of Egypt. They're in Egypt doing signs and wonders. Signs and wonders are in Egypt, in the Bible, in the world, in Pharaoh's kingdom to get you out of hell into where? No, not heaven, into the wilderness, which is in dealing with your souls. This is where the believers die. This is where the believers get so confused because they don't separate spirit from soul. All the training we have during this time is for the soul to be annihilated by the spirit, which is our wilderness experience. The wilderness doesn't have to be such a horrible deal. 
It doesn't. You can be with God in the wilderness. And the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested by the devil for 40 days. Which means you're with the Spirit of God. And the Bible also says you're with the angels. You can't avoid the wilderness. And in the wilderness, circumcision happens. And a circumcision afterwards comes a mountain climbing. It's true. You'll discover the mountain of the Lord in you in the wilderness after, which is discovering the kingdom in your belly. Anyone that doesn't know the kingdom in their belly? Zero circumcision of heart hasn't even happened yet so that's what we're teaching and preaching that's what everyone needs to discover the kingdom we want to make these things realities for everyone not just doctrine and teaching itching ears greek seek knowledge hebrew signed signs and wonders we don't want any of that we want the progressive increase of god's kingdom formed inside our bodies we want the real deal that works that brings actual transformation to our souls to live in a different reality. Christianity that works, not Christianity that's an idea, a religion, not even a belief system. Christianity that is a, a kingdom reality that we live in and we grow in. A relationship, we say it's an intimate relationship, but the intimate relationship has to go deeper than the heart into the bowels. The Jewish culture of Jesus' day believed that the spirit, the eternal spirit, the immortal spirit of every man and woman was in their bowel region. It is. It's right under your bowels of compassion. There you'll find your rich treasury of glory and progressively become more and more God inside minded. We're going to get so God inside minded that we're steady in the glory. We're consistent in the living water. That we're rock solid in the tree of life, engrafted. When you're engrafted, you're one with that tree. The Bible says you're being engrafted into the tree of life in Romans 11, which means your only existence and consciousness will be the burning of the anointing oil from the heavenly anointing. The blazing of the oil of Jesus. It's called the oil of life. Oil is the symbol of life. The divine life is measurable and it increases on the inside as you're engrafted. Engrafted means out of the old into the new. The only part of you that happens when you're born again is your spirit. Now you deal with this whole rebellious, lost, confused soul. The Bible says her sorceries deceived all nations. Which means everyone born again believing in Jesus, 100% is totally deceived. <laughs> Remember, this book is for believers only. Revelation 1 to the kings and priests of earth, the believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Which means the believers are deceived. Which means our consciousness has to be engrafted into the realm where there's no deception by progressive revelations of Jesus Christ. Revelations are also known as treasures in glory the riches of glory is what takes your consciousness out of the realm of the dead out of externalism and it will burn up 
Just because your body is in the valley of the shadow of death doesn't mean you have to taste death or feel death or feel bad anymore. I will lead them to the springs of the waters of life and every tear shall be wiped from their eyes, it is written. Which means the more and more you're drinking out of that heavenly realm, out of the new creature, the new creature has the ability to totally cocoon the old creature, but it eats it. It's just like an egg. Hebrew word rock off, which means hatch from the egg. Here's how you do it. As the new creature, which is in the bowels, it begins to eat the old creature from the inside. That's why people stop growing, because it begins to dissolve the old creature. You can't walk by just unbelief, which means faith in the realm of the dead, faith in your own ability, faith in your brain and your education and your ability to make money and your ability to take care of things, your ability to sustain yourself. It's mostly about money, which is sustaining life in the realm of the natural. Jesus talked about money more than heaven, hell, faith and love combined in the Gospels. The reason was is because that's where their faith was in the realm of the natural. So you have to take your ability to sustain yourself and let it be progressively, not all at once, but progressively eaten by the spirit part of you. And as your spirit part eats your old part, just like in a cocoon, you eat away. You're, the nutrients are wrapped around the egg yolk and all the food you need is eaten into the yolk of the whites around it, all that protein solid meat for the mature because the inner man's maturing at the expense and cost of the outer man. Paul says in the outer man is fading away but the inner man is constantly renewed every day because the inner man is devouring and eating the outer man. You can't have both. You'll love one and despise the other. It is written. So we love the development of the inner man. The Bible says nobody loves God unless they love the development of the inner invisible man. The father of spirits is his name. The spirit's invisible. The father's invisible. But there's a fathering of your spirit. And here's how it becomes real to you in hearing the Word of God believing today. When you believe these good reports that the Spirit is the part of you that's being fathered and the soul and the mind that have bothered you since you were born of woman. Jesus Christ said, of anyone ever born of woman, John the Baptist is the greatest, which means Jesus identified as a different type of being not born of woman. You read the scriptures, what is he talking? He's talking about a race of people not born of woman. Hello? That's what the Bible says. And that race is the born again spirit race. And it is absolutely a race because it is the true Israel of God. True Israel is the spirit recreated new creature race. That new creature bears the image of God the Father. Even though it comes in seed form, as it's nurtured, developed, and the old, the older man, see, the stewardship of the, the kingdom of heaven is given to you to see what you'll do with these seeds in your spiritual stomach. Because you'll implode on the inside. You begin to feel it sucking in the nutrients on the inside. And what will be the result is an outflowing fire. The new creature releases from its own throne a river of fire. 
Jesus Christ's throne releases the Father's river. Your throne in Christ will release the river that's out of your belly, flows rivers when the new creature is more important to you through faith and obedience into this invisible realm. Being spirit-led is not being soul-led. A lot of people think they're being spirit-led, but they're actually soul-led, so they're deceived and confused, and there's no real maturity there. True maturity is being spirit-led inside the new creature is Jesus Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. What's the hope of glory? It's going through the throne of Jesus to being fathered by God. Knowing God as the father of your entire spirit. So father progressively fathers the spirit. You know him in some areas. You've seen some areas of breakthrough of eternal salvation for your spirit. So he's fathered that area of your spirit and convinced your brain that if you were to die tonight, you'd fly away and go and be with God in heaven because he's fathered that part of your spirit and your mind is renewed to fire insurance. Now your mind can get renewed to every other part of God that he saves to the uttermost. Not just in salvation, fire insurance, day one, you're saved, your spirit would fly away from your body to be with God. But now how about your spirit getting fathered here on earth to bring all the father's ability through your spirit so that the Bible says the throne of God is with men. So that people could say God's very throne, all of his ability, all of his power, all of his authority, all of his provision, all of his holiness, all of his judgment, the foundations of his throne, righteousness and justice. You know, you're starting to see justice upon the realm of the dead. And boy, is it ugly. But you don't have to be in the ugly part of the Father's throne manifesting through true believers' spirits. You can go deeper into the spirit and none of that stuff has to touch you. Your angels' jobs are to help you receive provisions, comforts in this life. Remember the Bible says when Jesus was done fasting, the angels came and comforted him. Comforted him. So your angel's job is to help you not be judged and feel the judgments of the fallen angels and the devils and the sin that's getting washed out of your souls. They'll lead you closer and closer to the Father's throne inwardly into your spirit to feel better and better every day. Going from glory to glory is feeling better every day. If you're feeling bad, you're, you're leaving God. God's presence is fullness of joy. You can't feel any better than being in the presence of his glory. So Bible says repent, which means return to feeling good. Return to God. A lot of times we just get confused and we just wander away from the river, from the way and the path into some dry, arid places, and we begin to feel bad, and we begin to medicate. All of a sudden, we're sipping saints. All of a sudden, we've allowed a little bit of alcohol because we start to get tempted by the lukewarm Laodicean spirit in America. And next thing you know, we're justifying all kinds of lukewarm activity. And your spirit, you know, it's just buried under all kinds of sin, and he wants to unbury the spring of your spirit within and renew your mind. You know, I really believe 
you don't have to backslide, but I've personally never seen anyone that hasn't backslide after they're born again. Doesn't mean they go back to smoke and crack, it just means they get into soulish religious ideas because the soul is a flipping goat. And people are so confused by soul, they don't even realize when they're backsliding. Their intentions are great. They'll go into Bible college. They, they're, they're faithful Sunday morning. They support their local church. They even help the poor and they go on missions trips. They do it. They're looking like they're in Christianity. You know, they really mean well. But I tell you what, guys, the soul will fight for priority against the spirit until you put that thing down as a mature priest. This is how Christians lose their souls. This is how they just completely forfeit their destiny. They allow the invisible soul, the counterfeit, the play-acting hypocrite, to suck out all the nutrients of life and they never tap into their own spirit. They're not living in the Holy of Holies. They're not living connected to the throne and they'll never do the will of God. So you deal with all this lukewarm mess in the soul. Our job when we press in and begin to sacrifice our souls and taste the spirit and the spirit's fire is to begin to immediately transfer that into others to show them the real deal. You're responsible for being a light in the world. What's the light in the world? The revealing of our spirit where Christ is. What is putting it under a bushel? He's speaking to believers, many of them disciples, for three years. He's like, don't put your spirit under a bushel. Putting your spirit under a bushel after you're already a disciple, having followed him for years, means to put the soul over the spirit. The mind, the will and emotions, the soul's invisible, the soul in every respect to undiscerning people looks like spirit. That's what the tree of knowledge actually is. Tree of knowledge is soul, tree of life is spirit, and few find it, the Bible says. Few find the narrow path, because the whole invisible dimension over the spirit is soulish garbage. It's still the self-nature. It's selfish religion. And people that are just caught up in their own ideas and opinions about everything, they pretend like they're students of Christ, but they have an opinion and a teaching about everything, and it's in their soul, and they don't have any real spiritual authority. They're completely and totally lost. And it's everyone after they're born again is lost. Everyone born again is still in Egypt, the Bible says. You're born again, you have Zion, the kingdom of heaven, your spirit, but you're still under Pharaoh. There has to be an exodus out of Egypt. There has to be a Red Sea. There has to be a circumcision in the wilderness. There has to be an ascension on the mountain, a discovery of the mountain. This is our training as young Christians. This is where we're at. We need to learn how to eat on the mountain. Moses went on the mountain. This is your training. This is where everyone's at in Joel's bar. Moses went on the mountain, took 70 elders on the mountain, and they ate with God face to face. Yet they were not in the promised land, but they were on the mountain eating face to face. There is a training for reigning. Uh, This is the realm of sanctification and consecration that's way after believing in Jesus. Way after. And the wilderness is the place of testing to see if you'll go deeper into the spirit or will you settle for the soul. Most get stubborn, most get disobedient. 
Most don't make it in this dimension. We need to demonstrate a further dimension, a promised land dimension, a spiritual dimension where you can begin to eat with God face to face. Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. They're all believers. They're in the glory realm, signs and wonders. These are the apostolic churches of Asia Minor in Revelation 2 and 3. And the Bible says they haven't even let Jesus into their heart yet. Which means they're in signs and wonders, prophetic Christianity with all the apostles as itinerant ministries through their house churches. And they haven't even let Jesus into their heart, which means they only had the conversion and then everything else was external from the mature ones, but they themselves were not mature. Which means there was no circumcision of heart known to the apostolic church in Asia Minor. They had not yet peeled away the soul from the spirit. Jesus was standing in their spirit trying to get into their soul. That's where Jesus is in the American church right now. Jesus is in your spiritual stomachs trying to come up from your bowels into your hearts to peel off your hearts for the birthing of the Son of God with power. That's the revealing of God's sons is the peeling away of the soul and the manifestation of the Spirit. And we will do this in the evidence the Bible says amongst those who are circumcised of heart and walking in true apostolic maturity, which is for everyone, is the evidence that you are among them as young children, which means completely fathered as spirit beings. Not a care in the world, not a concern about politics, not a concern about finances. You know through experience of your own with God fathering you and getting your soul and all of its witchcrafts off of your spirit that God is fully here. Not part of God, the Holy Spirit is the fullness of God. And since you know from experience the fullness of God indwelling you in bodily form, you are confident that you are fully fathered, taken care of and provided for by God and his angel armies all the time. This is called real maturity and you live as young children that are completely and totally free from the world system. Now very few believers are actually there, but you'll get there. You know what that place is called? The promised land of perfected freedom. I have come that you might have freedom and freedom more abundantly. Jesus measured freedom, which means it's not all at once at your conversion. It's a down payment. Even the Spirit of God is called a down payment of future spiritual glory. You don't have all the Holy Spirit. There's a revelation. You have a down payment of an ever increasing Holy Spirit is what the Bible teaches. You don't have all the Holy Ghost. You have a down payment, which means your spirit, you only have as much as you're using and believe for right now. I think one of the greatest promises in the Bible is always having more of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Which means you just, you never arrive. You be in the promised land. What's the promised land? That the spirit continues to increase. The promised land is a measure of maturity where the soul is peeled off the spirit, which means the soul is underneath the spirit and the soul and the body are constantly watered 
by the fountain of life under the dominion of God's glory in a realm of perfected freedom. A realm, you know what the promised land is? A realm where you have experience in being perfectly fathered by God. Like well-beloved children imitate their father. We have to see your father to imitate him. We can see in the realm of the natural. A lot of people can only follow the apostles' example in the realm of the natural. And that's why you have Apostle Paul saying, follow me as I follow Christ. That's fine. Because at least they're following spiritual people that will lead them into heaven. Don't be irritated by that. Because that's going to happen. They're going to follow whoever is in the glory. Automatically, they might be in denial. They might have a mixture of jealousy and pride. But the thing is, whoever is walking in the greatest light is walking in the greatest measure of God. And everyone's following God on this earth. That's called the resurrection of the living and the dead. How many of y'all know unbelievers are following God? The Bible says there will be, I am on trial today, O King Agrippa, for the resurrection of the living and the dead. Which means he's talking to an unbeliever. He's saying, you're going to get what I got regardless of your brain's belief system. You're going to be raised up and stand before the mercy seat someday, Agrippa. Because Paul had enough revelation to tell the truth in absolute sovereignty over unbelievers and disobedient pagans and murderers. There's a level of sovereignty, revelation into the sovereignty of the Holy Ghost. God is sovereign. One of his names is Sovereign God. Oh, Sovereign Lord. Ezekiel called him the Sovereign Lord. Knowing the sovereignty of God is a critical level of maturity because sovereignty will become your experience as you mature as a spirit being. You begin to go into the realms of his sovereignty where he wants everyone to believe, to know him intimately in the realms of his sovereignty. But nevertheless, God is sovereign. Read the book of Job. Job's all about just correcting all of their low belief systems, saying, you know, I'm up here in the storehouses of thunder and hail and lightning. Were you there when I created the realms of wind and water and storm and all these things? He's absolute sovereign over all of his creation. He's resting in his seventh day while you're still in whatever day according to your faith. And we're, we're in like day 666. <laughs> day one, I'm just getting into Jesus. Don't scare me too bad today. I was reading Acts this week and I like the part where... <laughs> The governor quickly tells Paul to be quiet because he's scared. You're, you know that part in Acts? Where there's like he couldn't hear anymore because he started to get terribly frightened. Paul was peeling the veil off the realm of the natural they're all living in and bringing him into the realm of the spirit. And it was happening by the words that were coming out washing the governor. And the governor's like, whoa, no more. I it started to pull him into the spirit world. I can't handle that. Keep me in the realm of the natural. And he left him in prison hoping that he'd receive a bribe. Woo! No bribe ever came. But the truth is, the river was always coming through Paul no matter where his body was. See, the realm of the dead is totally deceived. Do you know what deception is? being dead but if you're revelated and you're alive 
they can't sh stop your spirit because the spirit goes right through the prison walls. That's why the the chains came off, the prison walls opened up and they were just released, they came out because their spirit was already out. The spirit can't be chained. The spirit can't be imprisoned. You can't stop a person who has tremendous revelation in their spirit. This is why the enemy persecutes spiritual ministry because it's a realm that he can't go into. That's the kingdom of heaven. The devil can't go into the kingdom. You have the kingdom in your spirit. If we can get your soul and your body yielded to your spirit, you become invincible. There's a level of maturity where you're so deep inside Christ in your spirit and you're walking with God in the heavenly glory which is walking with him in your inner man. No longer external. No longer judging by what you see nor what you hear. You're walking deeply, intimately with the man of light. The Holy Spirit is a man. He's a paraclete, which means a faceless man. He's a man of light. He wants to wear your face. He lost his skins in the Garden of Eden. Amen. Now he's putting your skin on like Buffalo Bill. Goodbye, horses. Yellow, <laughs> white, red, and black. Hello, white horses. When you're fully possessed and controlled by the Holy Ghost. Amen. I mean, you see that? It's true. God wants to live in you. The Holy Ghost kept talking to me this weekend about living in the manger. We think we're ashamed that he lives in the manger, which is inside our human flesh. You know, like, you know, you still have to go to the bathroom, you eat and you drink and you, you know, you go number one and number two and you got your sweat and there's an animal aspect to this creature and God's just happy about it. Sometimes we're ashamed. I tell you what, you need revelations of the manger. That God was born in the midst of an animal manure pile. He's not, he is not ashamed to live in the midst of your human feces. In your human urine. He's not ashamed of your current condition. He just wants you to believe in you. See, that's what the blood of Jesus did. It tore the veil to live inside the manger of the human mess. And once you're over the manger and the mess, and you just get over it because God wants to dwell in you, regardless of your condition, regardless of your mess, regardless of your, your how weak and how much you don't believe and carnal and slow and dull and lacking intelligence and just, the, you know, the human condition. <laughs> the revelation of the human condition is pretty obvious. Some people, maybe not, but if you're around revelatory prophetic people, it reveals the human condition progressively as just a manger. It can be an extremely happy manger. There can be shepherd boys singing angel choirs and you're under the bright morning star. You're under God the Father like a whole solar system shining over your manger system. The manger isn't just Christmas. The manger is every day the jar of clay. The jar of clay is the manger. And Jesus ain't going anywhere. He's not finding a nice hotel. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He loves the manger because he loves you. He came to this earth to live inside the manger of man's mess. 
tonight's message, the manger of man's mess. And the birthing of the Son of God inside the midst of your mess, which is called the goodness of God leading us to repentance. Just seeing that he doesn't leave us or forsake us while we still have human weaknesses and he's permanently fixed in our spirit. When you're born again, he stays inside your spirit. You're born of his spirit. And it's the mind awakening to that realm that gets all the religious works off of our spirit. Some of you are just getting delivered tonight from religion, recognizing the goodness of God and the works of the cross, getting the Holy Ghost, the fullness of Jesus and the Father is here by the Holy Ghost into your spiritual stomach, into your body. Owls. And now it's just awakening to, to the manger in you and it turns it into just a, a revival. Turns it into animal revival. That's why you don't shut down manifestations. Manifestations are the animals celebrating the gods in the manger. It's going to come out. You might sound like a donkey. We do donkey anointing. Donkey. Amen. And Shrek. Troll glory. Big time. It's like we're a minister of just pure trolling all the time in the glory. Amen. We're, we're glory trolls. And we're glory donkeys. Horse. Whatever. There's goats in here too. I love goats. I think they're just funny creatures. They are. They're joyful. Sheep are joyful. Lambs are joyful. The whole manger is pure joy. We're like a little child in the manger scene all the time. This is what revival looks like. There's revival in you when you get a revelation of this manger of God putting his own son not in some religious form but in a fun thrilling enjoyment of him living in the midst of you and just celebrating him in the manger is what turns it into a mansion the more you celebrate that reality get revelations of that goodness that grace and all that religious junk that ruins the party all that religious junk that takes away the celebration that takes away the fun I tell you what you get that stuff out you'll be without a pout you'll be without a doubt amen but you'll be releasing a great gladness shout because you've come to know him in the midst of your mess Paul knew him in the midst of what he called a manure pile a mountain of manure is the soul and flesh. But guess what? He's planting the tree of life and all of that's fertilizer. That's not just my opinion. That's the pitch of Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark was created with black tar from the tar pits representing being surrounded by black hell and darkness and night and gopher wood. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to press in and get a revelation on the gopher. We're considered Minnesota's the gopher state because we're building the ark. We ain't build it in the realm of the natural. People have already done that. They gone and reconstructed Noah's ark and now it's a going on tour. It's a Christian theme park and stuff like this in places in America. We're building it in the invisible realm, in the eternal realm. Amen. I believe that's why it's gopher. I asked what the revelation is. He told me right away. It's the gopher wood of Noah's Ark. We're learning how to live inside the midst of the world. 
come out from amongst her and be holy and separate, but I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, John 17, Jesus said in the high priestly prayer. You're not taken out of the world. You're creating an ark in the midst of the world, which means you're going to glow in an ever-increasing spirit shine, a city on a hill, which means you'll be a hill in the world. You know what hill that is? Mount Zion. That's the mountain of your spirit getting fathered. It started as a pebble. Daniel chapter 4, it's just a little pebble, but it grows to be the largest mountain, which is the government of man's spirit. And you're a part of the government of man's spirit. You know, men and women's spirit are a part of that government and they vote in that government of the spirit. You vote in the realm of the natural amongst the realm of the dead, amongst the, the secret society run politics in your nations, and it's all led by sorcerers, 100% in every nation on this planet. Japan and all their politics are run by Japanese sorcerers. America and all of its politics are run by American sorcerers. It's always been this way because the realm of the natural is run by sorcerers. But the realm of the spirit is ran by the spirit. And that's the dimension you're born again in, born of spirit and water. And in that dimension, every person's spirit, when they think in the depths of their hearts, they're casting votes in the spirit. And when people's flesh is washed in the outpouring of living water, even though they come in animal form, two by two, seven by seven, into the ark, which is into the presence of his glory through the manifest sons of God, their spirits have been communicating and voting and taking action in that spiritual realm, even if they're not aware of it. People are spiritual when their minds are in control of their life. But it's their minds are ruling over their spirit, but their spirit still has interaction with the government of the spirit. And I know that the spirits of the nations, men and women's spirits, most of them sleeping, most of them not fully awakened. I mean, look at us. Most of you are barely awakened. So what can it be for people out there who are just a little less awakened? Their spirit is still casting a vote of the future of this world. Because it's in that dimension that God the Father is fathering spirits. Oftentimes, because of Jezebel and sorcery, we think Christianity is the fathering of the soul. It's not. It's the fathering of the spirit. God can father spirits. I cause my rain to fall on the just and unjust. There's a fathering. Paul even talks about people obeying the spirit when they haven't heard the gospel in Romans. And it would be accredited to them as righteousness. Which means there is a sovereignty of the innermost being, the thoughts and intentions of the spirit spirit getting fathered by the sovereign omnipresent holy spirit which means father god is absolutely everywhere at once undeniably god is omnipresent he is everywhere which means anywhere everywhere all over the place at any time can a person's spirit cast a vote and go into the spirit and acknowledge God, soften their heart, have their spirit influenced by God. It's not just the ones with the Christianese language. It's definitely not just the ones that go to church. A lot of them are total goats 
as we've experienced, and we still love them unconditionally, as you know, people want to make sure that you still love. <laughs> of course we still love. You know, to still love means to still be awakened as a spirit. So we don't go back into the soul, even though we're mistreated by false brethren all the time in this Laodicean age. Because I tell you what, you learn to stay awake at the cost of your own soul and mind and convenience and flesh because that's the most important thing down here is that your spirit is being fathered and your spirit is awakening and your spiritual growth is growing from glory to glory. Amen. And so it doesn't matter people's reaction anymore. We don't come in people-pleasing. We did not care what anyone thought. We never use flattery. We never put a mask on to take up offerings. We never manipulated. God is our witness. We're not looking for praise from people. Not from you or anyone else, even those apostles of Christ, which is, this is the apostolic, perfect God-pleasing. It's a definition of the apostolic for every believer in the world. God-pleasing. There can be no manipulation. There can be no soulishness, no flattery. It's true, raw, and wriggling spirituality. Like little kids. Little kids will tell you the truth. Two people on earth, you know it's a common saying in our culture, only two, diff two people will tell you the truth. Little kids and drunk people. And we're both. We're both. <laughs> oh, we are little drunk people. Like Heidi Baker says, getting smaller every day. Growing down. So that we don't end up with a frown. By toiling with the sweat of our brow. Having a cow. No, no, no. We are going into the glow, glow, glow. We're going to learn to have our spirit fathered, even if we're bothered. <laughs> Amen. It does irritate and later intoxicate. You know, the joy is the evidence of sacrificing the soul. And so some of you, you want that joy, you want that oil of joy. The Bible says in order to have the anointing, there has to be a sacrifice of the soul. I have hated wickedness, which has hated my life, and love righteousness, which is loving his life. Therefore, God my Father has given me an anointing because I can finally get through my heart because I don't love my life, I love his life. So you can't have both. You're not going to get the oil of joy. You're not going to get the glory oil unless you hate your life. And it's not just a beat yourself up religious thing. It's literally a denying of the soul. To grow in the anointing, there are levels of the anointing that will conflict with the soul's control and the soul's power. Remember, we're born of woman, which means we're born completely soulish. And you have to be born again of spirit to begin waging the good war, the Christian warfare, not against others, not against Muslims, not against globalists, not against all these weirdos out here. There's an ex external warfare from the Ishmael company. And I think it's funny, it's pure entertainment for me. You heard of Ishmael company. Ishmael, the brother of Isaac, shot down Nimrod with the bow and arrow in the open field. Where was Isaac? Drunk on the joy 
back in Abraham's tent. He thought it was funny. But notice the, the promise, the child of laughter, the pro it was Mary and Martha out there. Martha's out there with bow and arrow fighting Nimrod, and Martha won. But Mary was enjoying, like, pure entertainment. This is Mary's entertainment, watching her sister Martha, always encouraging her to come into the, the same anointing and relationship with Mary. It's not just having carnal Christians for sport, but the carnal Christians are, according to the Bible, are entertainment. It is the most entertaining thing. It's all the people with duct tape over their mouths and at all the state capitals. And if you don't think that's Martha, man, it's the truth anyhow. And uh, or you think you're better? No, I think I'm I'm worse. I know I'm worse. You think you're better, and that's why your attitude's that way. I know I'm not better. I know Jesus is better, and I really know I'm in the river through the cross. And that's why you know we go deeper into a merry company. Merry company is the promised land. It's just pouring out your spirit on the head of Jesus and then just laying at the feet and getting covered in the same oil of the outpouring of pouring out your spirit as a libation offering on the sacrifice of God. It's called living in the river. You don't come out of the river. People in the banks will go to the river and they're still saved, but they go to the river and they use the river for their own soulish works and activities and church planting and church and all this stuff out here. And I, I honestly, I can't stand soulishness. No, it's it, when you get a taste for the river, you'll never participate in soulish activity again. They'll begin to persecute you for it. Why don't you fast like John the Baptist? They began to say to Jesus, "You and your disciples don't do anything except have fun all the time." You know why? Because we're in the glory. We're in the glory. I'm not coming out of the glory just to perform some religious rituals to impress you guys. We're staying in our Father in Heaven. The Father do the, do the works. You know, the Father's always having fun. Everything in the kingdom's fun. When you start to enter the kingdom, you get your personality fried in joy. You know, if it doesn't, if it's not laced with the anointing of joy, it's not God because there's no oil on it. Being led of God is being led of the oil of joy. It's not soulish emotion either. It's a spiritual unction. It's a spring of fresh oil in the belly. And you do, it does cost you obedience in the soil. The soul the soul has to learn how to obey the oil, loyal to the oil. It's quite rare. You know, following the anointed one in the internal new covenant, beyond all these layers of soil and dirt and flesh and blood and human DNA, which is our manger, in the creamy center is the child Jesus the source of fun and freedom and the closer you get to him on the inside the more it exudes through the DNA on the outside and then the manger just goes into just like a merry-go-round manger merry-go-round and it starts spinning around Christ you've returned to orbit and the animal begin to spin around the animal changes you're not always gonna have a manger in my father's house or many mansions but the transformation from manger to mansion is by finding Jesus in your center right here in the core deeper than your soul deeper than your breath it's not breath it's the spirit within the breath. That's why some people breathe on a microphone and it's just like, oh. Some people breathe on a microphone. I've, I've breathed on a microphone 
When we started ministry in 2006, we had 55 people in this band of brothers meeting, and God said, just blow on them. I blow on them until no one could stand in the whole room. Everyone was laid out, all 55. It is like, and people will start moaning and groaning, you know, like you're hosing them down from above. Until until the spirit, not my breath, because anybody go up there and blow and nothing happened. But it was the spirit within the breath. The dividing asunder from the eternal breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit. Let's get into that. Yeah. <laughs> Amplified classic. Lamentations 1. Oh, daughters of Jerusalem, eat your children. Everything's sad and depressing in Babylon. A Lamentations Gospel. Everybody get baptized in pickle juice. In brine. In bitter gall. We can tell you're not a son of the devil and a religious Pharisee like our false Christianity. Because you're not dripping in bitterness. Evidence, you know, people in the wrong Christianity... Serious bitterness. <laughs> Holy Ghost. What was the verse I just said? Lamentations. No, nope, before, before that. That was a joke. Oh, that was nothing. Oh, no. I got too high and forgot. Anybody else helpful out there? No. <laughs> and I had such a good verse, too. In the chat room, anyone paying attention in the chat? These guys... These guys are in a washing machine in here. Well, the drinking is working. Because the mind is just swimming. I don't like when I lose revelations, but I just deal with it. Sometimes, you know, be revelating around people, and then, like, all the revelation, it feels like it's getting chopped down when it hits the mind. It's because you're surrounded by enemies. Every time I come to Joel's bar, it's just like, put on the former God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We're dealing with a manger. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. We love you, Lord. Thank you for just getting everyone drunk tonight. Thank you for having fun in the revival of the Lamb of God inside our manger mess of our humanness. People take the humanness thing all too seriously. It's called following the devil. And they call it responsibility and wisdom and different things like that, but it's the responsibility and seriousness of following the fallen angels. It's not God. God's not that hardness and God's not that seriousness. That's not God, that's the devil. Every time. God is like a young child. One of the best quotes I've ever heard from Roland Baker is, God is more childlike than all the children of the world combined. Amen. The Holy Spirit is like a perfect young child. And that's why you got to have your innocence restored, your virginity restored. And people, you know, they, you say virginity, and it's everywhere in the New Testament. It's the only ones that walk with Christ and become the 144,000 are virgins who have not defiled themselves with women. And they're like, does that mean I divorced my wife? 
wife. People say these things to me. Does that mean that I divorce my wife, Brandon? And it's just, it's like, ugh. No, man, you need wisdom. It's speaking about the virginity of your spirit, the purity of your spirit. I mean, take your wife with you into heaven. And whatever you do, get some wisdom. Get some understanding, some spiritual wisdom. God's intelligence is a free gift. If anyone is lacking spiritual intelligence, they should ask God for spiritual intelligence. We're all lacking spiritual intelligence here big time. Big time. Oh, hallelujah. And it's not to make fun of ourselves and call us dumb and stupid. It's, it's a reality check that we need more spiritual intelligence. There is a tipping point when your cup overflows, when the spiritual intelligence that's a gift of grace called wisdom, wisdom is spiritual intelligence. It's a gift. No one can boast and say, oh, I'm smarter than you. They do that in the realm of the natural. They'll do that in the soulish. They'll do that in religion. I have a doctorate in divinity. I am smarter than you in the Bible and in the things of God and they're actually Satan incarnate. You are not smarter. If you're more childlike in spirit, you burn your doctorate in divinity like a manure pile. That's the serious goat in the back not celebrating Jesus in the manger. He's in there. There's a goat in there too. There's an angry goat in the corner not happy about God coming into the earth dimension. <laughs> yep. No doubt about it. And that's what they had for dinner that night. All the restaurants were closed. Get that ang angry goat in the background. Yep. We're having goat for dinner. And Jesus ate goat. He did. He ate a lot of goat. He ate a lot of lamb. Hummus. He's always talking about food in the Bible. They're dipping their bread into hummus. Thank you, Jesus. It's fun, you know, the joy of the Lord is being able to mix your spirit through DNA. That's what this is. The microphone's DNA. All the people watching the DNA, cameras, DNA, to mix your spirit on earth as it is in heaven is to release the eternal creature at whatever level you're at. You know, right when you're born as a new creature, it's just the same as you're born as a woman of an old creature. It's loud and it's messy. You just keep that thing loud and messy in the, in the middle of you and don't let it be calmed down by religious cold blankets around you. A wet towel trying to shut up the new creature. That new creature needs to grow in wildness. You know, people go to church to shut down the new creature and then to put a counterfeit that can be contained and controlled in society through church systems. It's systematic annihilation of the human spirit. Most Christianity and most churches as well-being as they mean, as well-meaning as they being, as shutting down the spirit from its childlike freedom. And they're annoyed. You see how people get annoyed and irritated when the spirit is out of control. The, the first thing they ask is, 
Who's the elders? Where's the accountability? Where's the board of directors here? They're like, where are the dead adults overseeing this thing? Because we don't trust children to inherit the kingdom because they're so far from divine likeness, so far from divinity. You see that everywhere. Where, where is the realm of the dead to manage this freedom? See, Joel's army is going to be freedom that destroys the realm of the dead of false maturity, false adulthood. You know, the main temptation if you're born again is to get into false maturity, which is to get into the spirituality of the soul and start serving the fallen angels in religion and then just have some irrevocable gifts so you still think it's spirituality, you still think it's God and it's kingdom and I'm doing this for the kingdom, but it's just you. And you've completely lost the kingdom and now have to repent and return to the little child and get wild. Anyone that grew in the anointing grew in childlikeness. Look at David. He's already inherited Jerusalem. He's already conquering his enemies. He didn't say, um, now it's time for me to settle down and get mature and get this false wisdom all these Pharisees are talking about. He's saying, I'm going to get more undignified. I'm going to get more childlike. I'm going to get younger than this. This is how you grow in the anointing. This is how your spirit matures. This is how you get fathered. I'm going to let the father go wild, go berserk in my spirit even more. See, the bondage and the chains on our heart is the restrictions of the freedom of our spirits. People, it's a scientific fact, they did a research study. They took children, 250 kids, and they measured them for creative genius, which is the spirit's intelligence. And 98% before going to kindergarten tested creative genius. The same class at age 18, only 3% tested creative genius, which means our current education system, which also is used in Christianity, systematically annihilates the spirit's ability. That's the world system of Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great makes you hang your harps on willow trees, which is the destruction of the human spirit through soulishness, through education, through busyness, through worldliness, through stuff of this world that perishes with use. I tell you what, Joel's army is the army of the spirit prophesied in the Bible that will devour all the false adulting. When we started out this ministry, he told me to be like Peter Pan and the Lost Boys in Never Neverland. A place where you never grow old, that you're always children. The kingdom of heaven belongs to saints that are always children. Yep. So in order to grow your spirit, you have to have this as a foundation in your mind. Otherwise, strongholds will come in. And if you don't have revelation in the young child aspects of God, you'll get into false maturity. You'll get too mature for the Holy Spirit. And then other spirits, will you'll have to serve them because they're into the maturing, the wisdom, the responsibility, the being a good caretaker. We have all this stuff. You know what faith is? Being a bad caretaker. You want to be a good manager. You know what a good manager is? It'd be, it's a wild child that is not afraid to walk on water, put yourself in harm's way, to put yourself out in the midst of the storm, to do everything contrary 
to human reasoning, and that's considered righteousness. If you are not walking contrary to logic and reason and things that the world applauds, you're not walking with the Holy Ghost. Those who walk with the Holy Ghost are always contrary to soulish wisdom. Soulish wisdom will destroy your life. It's being responsible. You know, even the stuff that they say now, you know, we like in Florida, as, as we grow in, you know, the Christian conservative Republican movement in this nation, which is better than, you know, the, the Democrats in the deep state and the Luciferian secret societies, it's progress because there's an aspect of Christ and Christianity and moral principle washing through souls, and it is progress. So we're not shutting down progress. It is progress, and we're celebrating whatever progress, even if it's at a Neanderthal level. But people are still celebrating soulish progress and not understanding spiritual progress. Spiritual progress is totally fringe in American charismatic Christianity. It's fringe. Living totally as spirit, like Jesus and his apostles did, is practically unknown. It's the most irresponsible thing off the grid, out of society, out of the Laodicean church. It's madness. That's what Red Letter Ministries is. It's total madness. It's living totally at the kingdom standard when it's beyond anyone's wildest imagination currently at their level in this nation. That's what pioneering is. It is a people group testing the limits of the Bible's understanding of what Jesus gave us and doing it anyway when no one else is. Yeah. It's pressing in to the promised land that's entirely unhuman and unsoulish and seeing what's available. And it is dangerous. And you will make mistakes. And it's not all God. Paul differentiated the stuff that was him from the stuff that was God in his letters. It's not all God. Some things the apostle says, it's just me. Paul says, I'm speaking to you now from me. He's, and later on, he said, now I'm speaking to you from God, which means a healthy person can differentiate when it's them or God. If you can't do that and it's always God all the time, it's, you're just immature because your soul is not separated from your spirit. God still gives you individuality as a soul which means you'll still be thinking. You still have creative thought. It's not even God, it's just you. God likes to see what you'll do with the measure he's given you. This is how you grow, through freedom. Not just possession like robots, but impartation and then freedom. Let's just see how you grow. Let's see how the wildness gets. Let's see the decisions you make. The decisions you make are gonna be good, acceptable, perfect, or just totally wrong and way off, and you get that stuff trimmed off of you as you grow as a wild child. Yeah, this is how spiritual growth actually works. If you just have a contained box, you can't grow your spirit in a box. Your spirit doesn't grow in boxes. Your spirit grows in open fields, in real life settings. That's why people that don't go to church are often more spiritual than the ones that do, because your spirit can't grow in a controlled box. 
your spirit only grows outside the box. That's why Christianity, it's not like Jesus didn't want to do it in synagogue. He tried to do it in synagogue because those were the covenant people that believed in his father, that believed in God. But he couldn't do it in synagogue because there was no room for the spirit to grow. So the whole first coming of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was outside of the box. The river was outside the box, which the spirit Elijah, he tried. John the Baptist tried. There was no room for the wildness and the freedom of the spirit inside man's containers, inside man's religion, even if it was the covenant religion, even if it was all the words of the prophets, but it was still controlled by man. This means spirit begins outside the control of man. Who's free indeed? The one who lives outside of the control of man. Your spirit can live outside of man's control. That's what not pleasing man is in the Bible. It's living as a God pleaser. When you're a God pleaser, your spirit is shining with light. You have a light in you. That light is the freedom of someone who uses what they're created with, chiefly their spirit, to please the Holy Ghost, regardless of their culture. Anyone that walked with God superseded their culture. They're still culturally re relevant because they pleased the kingdom culture. They pleased God in their generation. They didn't get into the foolishness of Egypt. The Bible says Moses scorned the foolishness and then the riches of the culture of Egypt and brought something completely foreign to the whole earth. He brought heaven down upon a mountain in the middle of nowhere. None of this existed. There was no law. There was, there was no Bible. This was the beginning of the Bible. Yeah, the Pentateuch. He created the Bible. Hello? True story. So it's bringing heaven to earth outside of culture, outside of civilization. This is how heaven has always been imported through men and women's spirit who just get out of the box. And we're still pioneering. And I bet you we'll still be pioneering new stuff in 50, 100 years. Because God the Father's always bringing newness through the human spirit. It's just when the brain can attach to the river, goes down to the river, it begins to manifest this newness from heaven. Creative ideas, freedom. And the old boxes and the old systems always fight back. They do it in politics. They do it in every generation. They do it in religion. Every Every revival was persecuted from the previous movement since the beginning of man. You can study revival history. There's never been a revival in the history of the planet, which means a progress of man's spirit that wasn't attacked by the previous movement because it's in layers and there's still an honor towards everything the spirit's done. They still get rewards for that even if they don't get into the new movement. They do, because they were used in the past movement. But you want to stay in the current movement of God. You want to stay in the fringe of the river. This is where you feel the best. This is where the water is the wildest, most out of control. And you're no, there's no people pleasing here. There no, you don't have to settle for culture. I don't have to contain it and put it and present it to you a certain way. You're in the whitewater rapids of the glory. This is where the Holy Spirit can express himself without any man limitations. This is perfected freedom. It's the spring of the water of life gushing through the personality. A person who has pleased the Spirit, walked after the Spirit, and the Spirit has dynamically transformed them 
which is how you stay free in the glory. This is how you walk with God deeper in deeper waters and deeper springs, deeper rivers, and they shall walk with me in white water rapids. Amen. This is how the champions walk. They bring forth a kingdom that hasn't been here before. The Messianic kingdom, the Bible says, it hasn't manifested yet. You're manifesting a kingdom that's never been here. You know, the 144,000 are people whose spirits break out of every soulish box, every restriction and restraint, every do and don't that the world and good Christians and well-meaning legalists intended for just to maintain order. You know, don't fight me. I'm, we're just trying to govern an order. It's a necessary thing that we're here. Well, it's a necessary thing that the Spirit of Grace fulfills the law and brings forth a different government of living water. And those that have been a part of that old system are the ones throwing a temper tantrum against the Holy Spirit. You know, God has promised us a perfect earth under the law of liberty in Christ Jesus. That's not here but it is inside your spirit. That is the hope of glory, of living in a perfect government. Amen. Perfect government of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end is the promise of the covenant people. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't see it. The prophets didn't see it. They were all killed. Every prophet was killed. You will see it. I believe this generation will see the promise of God's perfect government and it'll be a government of the glorification of the bride of Christ's spirit the bride's spirit and your spirit are a member of this parliament this heavenly parliament this heavenly government your spirit as it grows and it values the things of spirit eternal government this is a place and there is a vote the vote is out of intimacy and fellowship with the living God Moses had a vote with God. He could change God's mind in the Bible. Why? Because he was so deep in the spirit. He became a spirit, talking to the spirit, iron sharpening iron. But I, everyone else I speak in, in prophecy, but Moses I speak to as a friend. Friend and friendship with the spirit is the highest calling in life. That's the member of parliament. What are the 24 elders around the throne? the ones who have become friends of the invisible God through the invisible part of themselves. Amen. You can't walk with God unless you walk with him in the invisible part of you. Everything else is just legalism rules. It's all rules. It's all religion. Religion's rules. Your society is ran by religion. Every nation is ran by religion. America has three million pages of laws in Congress. You can't, they can't even store it all. It has to be digitally cataloged how many rules and regulations, stipulations, and all this junk and garbage exists at a federal, state, county, and city level of government in the USA. Listen, all of it is going to be drowned. All of it. But there will be one law, one law, the Bible prophesies, and it will happen despite everyone's unbelief in it. It's going to happen because the prophets are going to make it happen. By their great faith, they're going to drown the world. And it will be the law of love. You know what the law of love is? Spiritual freedom. 
The law of liberty in Christ Jesus is the law of love. Same exact thing. It's the law that nothing shall rule over the human spirit except God the Father in all of his glory. God the Lamb in all of his glory. And the seven spirits of God before this person's spirit enforce that legal system. It's a legal system that keeps the spirit clean and free. And you can't get through the seven spirits of God. He's all the power of the Godhead. There's, You could take every atom bomb, you could take all the stars and the nuclear energy of all the heavens and all their stars and try to get through the seven spirits of God when you make a dent. God is so much more powerful than all his creation combined. So a, pers a person that is deeply seeking and sacrificing for this spiritual kingdom is protected with invincibility. This is why oftentimes bullets have bounced off of people. They tried to chop off mystics' heads during the Dark Ages, and the sword bounced off their head. The sword bounced off John's head before they sent him on Patmos. That's how he got to Patmos. Because he was walking in the seven spirits of God. He was walking in the invincibility of those who obey the law of love. Those who obey the law of liberty and the spirit, his job is to enforce this legal system. You know, Satan's a lawyer, but you know what? So is God. You know, lawyer just means a ruler of the word, the letter of the word that can govern life. You, you need lawyers. God himself is a lawyer. The lawgiver is on Zion, Revelation 15. It's a new covenant thing. Jesus, Matthew 5, comes up the mountain and gives a new covenant law. Jesus is a lawyer. He's a lawyer, guys. But his law is the law of the spirit. And all the other stuff, which is all the human stuff, is what opposes the word of the spirit, the word of God, king of kings and lord of lords. Total authority over all laws. And every legal system, and the Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue confess, which means it'll be a serving and a subservience to the legal system of King Jesus that we will birth through our spirit once we're obedient to the law. And if you're not obedient to that law, you're under every other law. Because I'm not, no longer under the law. When they're full of rebellion, you're under the law. The only way you're not under the law is if you're in the spirit of grace like a river, which means you're obeying the divine ancient law, restore the ancient path, which is restoring the ancient legal system of the Garden of Eden. You know, there was no books and no writing in the Garden of Eden, but there was a legal system. The legal system was stay in the love of God and they didn't they fell because they did not love anymore which is they began to practice selfishness selfishness requires legal government of rules and regulations because we're living an animal life and the fallen angels job is to govern over the animals but then in the days of Noah, there's a different government even over the animals. When we come into a level of maturity, those governors and teachers, and why are they teachers? Devils are teachers. I'll put some of you in prison and in Satan for 10 days and go to the end. Why is Satan used as a teacher? To teach you sin and death. 
if you have no understanding and you're totally clueless, you have to learn sin and death. But there's a greater learning than Satan. It's learning the law of liberty through obedience, and you'll still understand all of that, even if you never go into the prisons of Satan's. Because in the future, there'll be no satanic prisons to learn from any Satan. Amen. You'll just be, what does the Bible say? They'll all be taught of God, which means hardship, wrongdoing, sin, death, immorality, idolatry will no longer teach you. Poverty won't teach you humility. Sickness can't teach you anything. God will teach you. Goodness will teach you. Rivers will teach you. Angels will teach you. Angels are teachers. They help you learn the things of heaven so you don't practice the things of hell. And you are learning. You are being taught of God and being taught of God is the whole kingdom upon you, in you, through you, teaching you how to live in obedience to the ancient law. And as we begin to obey, our spirit gets glorified. You know how your spirit gets transfigured? Obedience to the law of love. That's all you gotta do. Did you learn to love, Bob Jones? Wait, I mean, did you learn to obey the ancient commandment of staying in the glory? Did you stay in the river? Did you follow the Holy Spirit? Did you follow love? God is love. In order to love, you gotta follow God because nothing else here is love. So, if you follow the Spirit, you begin to get transformed. That's how you learn His ways. And all the other ways, and the fulfillment of those ways, and how they're necessary to govern wild animals out there, wild beasts, murderers, and rapists. The law is for the wicked, it is written. It's necessary. So the wicked rule over the wicked. That's the sorcerer and dog system in Revelation. But when you wash everything with a people that learn to manifest the glory, there's a different government. And this is what civilization is entering into, a time of the manifest sons of God. And it's the sovereignty of the Spirit where there's instant ramifications for disobedience to the atmospheric glory. The glory comes down and punishes disobedience. It's true. There is a judgment seat, the throne of God the Father. The, the foundations are righteousness, which is His Spirit, His spirituality, and justice, His judgments. The judgments of His Spirit are the foundations of His throne. And God's throne is with men, revelation of Jesus Christ that is written. So these manifestations of punishments towards animal wickedness are absolutely necessary. In Luke 11, Jesus said these punishments towards Israel's wickedness will come upon this generation severely. The cross did nothing for them, had no benefit whatsoever, zero. They were only punished by the cross. That's what Jesus Christ said in Luke 11. Woo! So that means that when the glory comes, it's a government of sovereign spirituality and of Christ in your spirit manifesting a canopy and a tabernacle of David, which is manifesting the heart of God as government. And in the heart of God is the fire and the lightning and the thunder. And all the angel armies obey the heart of God. It's obeying the word of God and the spirit of God that come from the heart of God. And it's enforced. So all we need to do to bring this tabernacle of David for the seventh-day rest of, of the sons of God and for humanity and world peace, world peace is a covenant promise. It's not an idea. It's a biblical promise. It's one of many promises in the Bible that you're going to have world peace. World peace is going to happen through a spiritual people that manifest a different government of greater glory than this. 
We say the Holy Spirit can always increase. We need to understand that means that light through our souls will always increase. It's the government of light until there's no darkness. The Bible says there won't be any darkness because we're the light of the world. I am the light of the world while I'm in this world. Soon you're going to be the light of the world because I'm going to my Father. And greater light will you bring because I'm going to my Father, which means it's not just going to be one sun. It's going to be an army of suns that are an army of solar systems manifesting the same Father in heaven and all of his light. And the Caesar darkness... And the political darkness, the Herod darkness, the Pharisee, Sadducee, religious darkness will be no more. It won't even be there, so they won't even have a system. That's when the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ, and it's not from Jesus' second coming in the sky. It's through you birthing Jesus by transfiguring your spirit, by walk with walking with Him in the new covenant. This is the process we're all in, getting our spirits transfigured for a greater government of a greater glory and a greater light. This light is the light of the world, the Bible says, which is a governmental term. A city on a hill means rulership, kingship. What is heavenly Jerusalem? It's the place of parliament. The Father's throne is there. Obviously, we have faith for that. But how about your ruling throne in the new Jerusalem there? You know what your new Jerusalem is? Your spirit's ability having fully conquered your soul and mind's limitations. Don't forfeit your destiny by soulish limitations, which is an Esau bowl of soup. Keep developing your spirit in the midst of your external stuff. Amen. Success of the spirit is the only success in the eternal God. Everything else is a deception. We can't be deceived. We must live for eternity now. We live for the eternal part of us now. We develop the eternal. We take care of the temporal part too. But that's not priority one. That's not first love. First love is always the eternal. Otherwise, we're as deceived as the devil. And we need to repent and get back into first love. First love is the eternal. Living for God. Developing, investing in the eternal. You can always tell if a person's in the eternal if that's where their money is first and foremost and that's where they're most excited to put their money. Jesus said that would be the litmus test if that was the most important thing in their life. Truth anyhow. That's why he sat and watched what they gave to see if that's what they had faith for. Hallelujah. And the devil just cried and whipped and moaned and went away angry, seeking how he made to betray him. The devil no longer has the economy with a people consumed for zeal for the Father's house. And this is foundational kingdom living. And honestly, we need that with our people. It's not in our people. This is not first love arena. It is for some but not for most. This needs to be foundational in every disciple that everything in my life is lived for the eternal. The temporal is taken care of, but the eternal is what advances the kingdom to transform the temporal. 
which means I'm still out here like an ambassador. If I begin to get comfortable out here and call out here home, I am totally lost to the devil. Just forget it. That person is gone. They're in Babylon. They've hung their harp. They're gone. We need to advance the Spirit's kingdom which is the kingdom of Zion, where your spirit has habitation. The Bible says your spirit is a citizen of that place, which means that's where your loyalty has to be as a kingdom person. Your priority is kingdom, the kingdom within you, understanding the advancement of that kingdom. And if it's anywhere else, you've lost first love and you're distracted, and the Laodicean spirit has consumed your mind, break it off of you. Just shake it off. Let the angels deliver you from the temporal to constantly advance the eternal. Amen. We need soldiers who have a wisdom and an understanding of the future glory that will consume this temporal realm of bondage, this temporal realm of business and taxes and American uh, politics. I'm telling you, it all has to go. Get out of American culture. Have fun in it. Doesn't mean don't do's and don'ts, but get into kingdom culture. You got to get into freedom. You got to live out of the future. You got to live for your spirit, for the advancing and the freedom of your spirit. This is what obedience to God is. That everything in my life is for my spirit to have a greater rest over the earth. If the flesh and the soul is penetrating and pressing down my spirit, that's sin. Get that away from you. Get that off of you. Just wash that away. Out of your belly flows rivers to keep the world and its constraints and limitations off your spirit. This earth belongs to the free spirits that release the river. And that government will form. And that's those are the ones the devil's the most angry with. Especially if you have confidence and experience in the spirit and you're not budging and backing down from the in intimidation of the principalities. And you just won't budge because you know the Bible too well and you have too much experience with the enemy trying to rip you off with Esau's bowl of soup gets you locked into temporal things in American culture doesn't mean don't vote because there's still advancements through culture you're still going through the earth you're going through the DNA there's a wisdom that terraforms the earth the tabernacle David rises from the center of the earth through all the earth and rests above it Jesus came through man's DNA went through all man's DNA and rests above it as a covering cherubim as a covering canopy of light and glory amen as as a covering angel of the Lord the angel of Jesus is who led the church in the book of Acts you have to understand cherubim came out of the king of glory or the king of cherubim Jesus is his name that nature is also in you so there's a glory nature that's pioneering glory in culture through culture which is what our freedom and our wildness is it's glory freedom it's not rebellion it's the greatest obedience ever demonstrated on the face of the earth to God amen and the greater the glory the greater the obedience to God usually the wilder and the more glorified and anointed and joyful the personality and the more creative genius their spirit shining with the father just like a thousand points of light in every direction 
That's the Father getting through their spirit. <laughs> Serving God with your whole spirit is having your spirit glorified over your whole body and through your whole body. You're in angelic ecstasy all the time. Not sometimes, not when I'm soaking. Maturity is always in angelic ecstasy. My spirit is not submitted to my body, forfeiting my angelic birthright. Hello, repent. Develop your spirit. Develop the angelic part of you and give up the animal part of you and you will feel the glory. <laughs> Believe and you will see the glory. You'll see it wrapping you as armor of light. Put on the armor of light. You can't unless you value spirit more than soul and brain and everything else in culture. Amen. And then you'll actually totally transform culture. Culture changes every generation. You read the Bible. Look at Daniel. Changed every civilization, changed every kingdom, every culture by just maintaining the glory. Just discarding that, 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 the other thing, you know? 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, now we're in the 2020s, just shredding through whatever weird crap comes out of human DNA every decade to pioneer the glory through human spirit. And the ones that are holding on to the old dust and the old dirt and the old DNA and the old the old systems, they're fading away. They will lose control. Guaranteed, they will die like the unbelievers in the dust of the earth, swallowed up by the sands of time. Glory is life. And God has given his glory to man's spirit. And it's not going anywhere. It's taken over everything. And the ones that are not in the fountain of glory, they're not in the fountain of the Lamb, they are getting drowned. You can maintain dryness, because that's all the fallen angels have inside the souls of men and women. You can maintain it, but you're not relevant. And it's not important. And it's totally the kingdom of hell. And it doesn't have to touch you. Go deeper in the glory. Come under the government of glory. Give your angels something to do. Amen. Pioneer your spirit into new territory, new faith, new, new. We need new glory, new fire, new faith, new freedom. Behold, I make all things new, and they're getting newer and newer and newer and newer until you're just constantly living in the fascination of the manifest glory of God. Nothing stale, nothing boring, everything glorified, not just deep within my spirit, but through my whole soul, my mind, and my body, in my whole house, in my whole city, in my whole earth. The realm of the dead, they're a clamor, but they're becoming more and more irrelevant. And let Martha work on them, that's fine. Amen. They're out there. The Bible says they'll be cheerful servants. It's like Solomon's uh, cupbearers. Not everyone's going to sit on the throne of the Lamb. There's friends of the bridegroom, which is, I hope, all of you. And there's the bride of Christ, but they're completely different levels of maturity and governmental responsibility and levels of reward. Totally different rewards for every believer in the Bible. We want you to have the greatest rewards, and it's going to take the greatest faith, and faith itself is a gift. So it's just the greatest revelations and experiences in grace. Because you're enthroned on the throne of grace. Which means you have way more experience with the grace of the Lord Jesus than these people out there trying to do good. And you're watching the people trying to do good. 
And sometimes it's funny. A lot of times it's just sad and pitiful. Sometimes it's entertaining. Sometimes it's just like, man, I'm praying for you. But it's entertainment. The Lord sits enthroned in the heavens and laughs. So he thinks it's entertaining too. He's not laughing with you. He's laughing at you until your personality and your sensitivity just melts in the glory and you get baptized into the crystal sea with a glorified personality infused with joy in all the layers of your soul your eyes flashing with joy <laughs> eyes flashing with peace eyes flashing with love that's what flashing fire is it's flashing glory it's the glory of God through a glorified personality that you can see all the joy of Jesus in their skull because they have great faith and the glory is manifest inside that vessel. So you're always in heaven inside the temple. What goes on out here? Well, you have great say in it. Decree a thing and it shall be established. The greater the glory on the inside of that cup, the more you'll change stuff around you. Enemy will resist it with dry letters, dead letters. But you just keep manifesting your spirit with Jesus in it. And if you pray according to God's will, He'll do it. Anything, the Bible says. We haven't come to that level of whatsoever you say, anointing, where anything you pray happens. Like, And then the greater your maturity, the faster it happens until it's creative like God whispered and created a planetary system into existence. There'll be levels of maturity in your eternal future where you can create new planetary systems. Sowing the heavens is a covenant promise for your future maturity as an angelic son of God. You can create a new new world. Amen. There's no limitations on the glory. And the Bible says they'll sow the heavens. You'll be creators as God. And you learn that right now. It's not when you die and go to heaven. You'll never have it if you have that attitude. It's you, you take the hit now to your human carnal nature, burn up your soul and all of its selfishness, deception, and lying and stubbornness and let your spirit begin to get really strong really free and then you communicate God's will according to what brings him joy that you're experiencing out of union in your inner man it's not hard to find God's will it's whatever brings him joy in the current union you're experiencing in your own spirit in first love but if we're not in first love you'll never know any of this that's why you gotta repent 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 and John came with the baptism message of repent repentance which means return to your spirit in the new covenant John was in the old covenant but it's prophetic wisdom now in the new covenant it means return to your innermost being and innermost being means there's a being most being and innermost being it's spirit soul and flesh we're stuck in the flesh we're completely lost in our being if we're in the inner being we're in our soul we're totally lost because we think we're in our spirit. But if you're in your innermost being, John 738 Amplified Classic says, innermost being, you're in the spirit. You're in union. And that's where you learn friendship with God. And you stay there. You don't join the, the inner court. You don't join the outer court. You stay exclusive and elitist. <laughs> exclusive elitism in the glory in the holy of holies not settling for soulish mixtures 
no longer making excuses listen man i am sold out in the spirit you ain't getting me into heart activity you ain't getting me into brain activity i'm done with the adamic nature we've entered eternal sabbath days rest we've labored to enter the rest which is to get out of the brain get out of the soul and get deep in the spirit and we go deeper in the spirit which is developing our faith which is our governmental ability of our spirit over the world and that's the current level of training i'm in and i want to take all of our people in to, for the maturity of our spirit this is the only hope in the earth the bible says it's not for the second coming of jesus not in there it's for the maturing of the manifesting sons of god that all creation longs for romans 8 which means unless we mature to this level of spiritual ability which is the funnest thing to do anyhow you just got to deal with all the stubbornness and pride getting offended once you're through all that garbage with the bulldozer now it gets fun it's fun to be a disciple it's not fun to be deceived and easily offended with stubborn pride filled with the fallen angels opinions about everything that sucks solitar says it's not easy kicking against the pricks is it opposing all of god's ways and thoughts every day in your own stubborn sorcery filled opinions and religiosity amen it sucks to be a fool and think you're wise correct not a scorner or a prideful man they'll turn and bite at you like a dog you know correct a wise man someone living in the spirit goes right into their spirit the bible says they get wiser still amen wisdom 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 spiritual intelligence of developing the spirit which is more of god in you every day how much God is in you more today than there was yesterday. The covenant promise is an ever-increasing God in you. Ever-increasing glory. God will get bigger in your spirit if you want Him to. But make sure you want Him to because He won't if you don't. You can get into the devil. You can get into money. You can get in any dumb thing. You can get into your spouse, get into kids, family idolatry. Probably one of the main things people get into to destroy their own spirit. Get into the animal, get into flesh, call it loving. You know, then they just applaud themselves out of their own souls. You know, <laughs> totally unbiblical, but it's totally part of our Christian culture and it's an abomination. It's total sin. You need to get into your spirit and get like God. Get into the Father's spirits. Train up a child in the way which it should go. When he's older, he will not depart far, far from you. Written. Holy, I'm starting to drool. My, all my lips are numb right now with the anointing. In the spirit, they're purple, dripping with wine. Thank you, Jesus. It's gonna be a fun week. This is a week of wine and dine. It's a week of wine. Last week it was a week of extreme holiness and fire. The Holy Ghost is putting His elements of glory, the seven spirits of God, like on a on display, like on a lazy Susan, and just spinning it in front of you, showing what's available. That's my job. That's what we do. This ministry is to demonstrate on a lazy Susan the elements of the glory and show you what's available for you to go into the feast. To begin feasting for your spirit and repent of soulish animal activity of heart and brain and keep getting stronger in the spirit. Revelations. And then begin to share the revelations with each other. A lot of you will be used greatly in the days ahead to help me and strengthen me as you can continue to develop your spirit. This, this whole army, this whole nation of Israel will continue to get stronger as your spirits go from glory to glory. So be, be sure you share revelation. Don't just share it within your own little families. Share it with, with the whole clan, with the whole tribe. Build them all up. The more you sow, the more you grow. 
And it's cool if you only have confidence to share it with like one or two people, that's fine. But as you understand sowing and reaping, you want to share it with more. The Bible says, do not withhold any good thing from your teacher, which means please share with me, email, message me, the increase of your spiritual development and the wisdom and the revelation. It really helps this ministry. I'm not just doing this all up here from my own union with my Father in Heaven. It's the whole nation's union with our Father in Heaven and the wisdom of the ages and all of us and the whole body of Christ when the full government of the Word of God will come from a great company of people. No one can do it alone. It will take the whole body to throw down all the principalities over all the nations. We're going to build up the whole body in the unity of the faith. And it's at that point that there's a different world down here when we've reached that unity of the faith, the maturity of all the believers. Part of that will include you beginning to share revelation that you've received in the development of your spirit and how you got the devil out of you, loose! And how you can build up others in their spirit. Amen! And if it's rubbish and garbage and soulish and Jezebel, someone mature around you just rebuke the snot out of you. And if you can't get the snot rebuked out of you, you know, you just often give them the silent treatment. Some people are so far gone, you can't even teach them. And you just let them like sit around and hopefully they'll, they'll eat enough spiritual food for a little awakening, crack open a crevice in their spirit, and you can begin to put some fruit in there. Put some good sonship bread and wine in there to begin to awaken the soul out of hell, out of darkness, out of witchcraft, soulish, soulishness into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone that's around can get impartation. But not everyone can receive the same amount of correction and training, rebuke and righteousness. Everyone's at a totally different level. But you learn the wisdom to maintain all the different types of families and clans and tribes and all the different levels of spiritual development because everyone's in a different place. Apostle Paul says, I'm all things to all people in hopes of saving some. Well, to the body of Christ, you're also a different level of teacher. So you'll have a different manifestation through the mature ones and your different relationships with them as you grow. Everyone has the Spirit in them at different measures. These are different measurements of the same Father, of the same Spirit, and the same Lord Jesus. But the Bible says there are different measurements, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, all kinds of different levels of glory and increase. And we're supposed to all mix it together so the ones that want to grow can grow the fastest and the most, like Paul. People that are hungry and thirsty that can surpass people been sitting around not bearing fruit for 30 years. Get out of the way for the Pauls to come forth. The ones that are absolutely all in. And everyone else, you support them. That's your job. The ones that are, you can't be as wild and crazy as some of these ones. Maybe you didn't have as dramatic a conversion. Don't be jealous. Fuel them. Because they're going to advance the same kingdom that's going to bless you. So you see all kingdom advancement through wisdom's eyes that any place that the human spirit advances in the ability of Christ will benefit your life. That's wisdom. Amen. We need a greater wisdom for everyone's spiritual growth. But the ones that really catch the fire, you see them. You got people coming into RLM, been here one year, that have grown more than the ones been here 10 years. And there's several of them. Get out of the way and just applaud them because they're helping you. Perhaps your conversion... Listen. And it's not about better or worse. It's about different levels of zeal. Look at the 12 apostles. They were all different. You got to get over the jealousy stuff and just become 
a cheerleader of everyone's spirit, loving unconditionally. You can celebrate everyone's spirit, and when you do that, you'll grow the most anyway. Amen. So let all the jealousy break off you, all the envy and strife break off all of you, and we begin to be the biggest cheerleader of the human spirit. That's what Christ is like. He's a cheerleader of everyone's spirit. He's for everyone's spirit to receive His Word, to receive His Spirit, to grow and to consume the soul as an animal, and to consume the brain as a mark of a beast, and renew the mind into the spirit to bring dominion over the realm of the natural through the sacrifice of the skull by Christ crucified in the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for an acceleration on the army's feasting. Holy Ghost says this, study David and his armies, when he went from town to town, he demanded food for his armies. The Lord says that's the food of the Spirit, revelation for those that will eat who are advancing the kingdom of God. Amen. So you can just see the company going from town to town, realm to realm, revelation to revelation, from water to fire to wine to oil to clouds, to pillars, to all these different elements of heaven. And they're just and they're just taking food for their spirit. Like the armies of David going from realm to realm in the natural, we go from realm to realm in the spiritual, taking food for our armies. Thank you, Lord, for well-fed armies feasting and taking food from all these realms that we get to go in every week. I'm excited for this week. This week seems like, it uh, looks like a cornucopia. I see all kinds of fine meats. I see wines. There, this is going to be a week of wine and oil and meat and feasting and refreshment in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Bless you guys. Thank you, Father, for each and every one learning to feast for their spirit and just breaking off the mold of the DNA off of their spiritual genetics of God the Father inside their centerpiece. There is a centerpiece and the trophy of Jesus Christ's victory already in you. Just break off and shake off the dust of the earth, the DNA of the earth. Be shaken off your spirit. Let there be a clarity this week for everyone's mind to realize the glory of Jesus in them in a greater way than ever before. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. If you'd like to give a love offering into this ministry, click the links in the description, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Peace.